0: Welcome into another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, another visit from Pat Hollett from Canadian Savings Group with some advice on getting the most for your grocery dollar. Also, some tips from the CAA to keep your vehicle from being stolen. It is Black History Month. Our MJ had a chat with a Barry writer and director about her play about the Oro African Church. We meet an amazing woman who's doing some amazing things for unique young minds in Barry, helping kids flourish in an environment. environment they can't find in the regular school system. The Barry Women and Children's Shelter is gearing up for its annual fundraising events and the Barry Colts have not had a bad road trip for a change. We get the conversation started after this. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. Time for a history lesson, which for some can be boring. It is for Barry writer and director Alinka Angalova. But she's found a way to tell the story of the Oro-African Church and its connection to slavery and the Underground Railroad in a musical. She's with Barry 360's MJ.
1: You've been working on something really special here, Um, The Lost Heroes of Oro, that's going to be coming up at the end of February.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: tell me a little bit about this play and the man that is the center of it. It's
3: funny because my husband, years ago, I've I've been in Burry since 1996, and I've never heard of the Oro African Methodist Episcopal Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day when we were driving, my husband said to me, he's like do you know what church that is? Do you know what that is? And I said, no, I don't know what that is. And my husband's wife, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because yeah, it's funny that like, he knows about it. He knows and, about and it. And I don't, right? Um, and uh, I said, no, what is that? He's like, you know, that was used. I think that was a, it's a monument now um, for the Underground Railroad. That was their last stop. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. I, I never knew that. I've been been here for more than twenty years, like a long time ago. Like night, like I said, and I never heard about that. So it's funny that he just kind of planted that seed there and told me about it. And then um, a few years later, uh, a company asked me to write a story about regard, like involving that church. I said, "Oh, that's funny." I said, "Okay, I'm not a person for history. Like in high school, school, I I can admit history wasn't my favorite subject, Mm -hmm. but." Um, when they told me that, of course, I like to write about anything. So I said, you know, it has to be a musical.
1: <laughs>
3: that's are all you, I mean. are you like a keen to musicals? Oh, Do you love yes. them? I uh, like, I live and breathe musicals. Right. Oh. And I, and I write them pretty fast too. And I just love it. Awesome. So, um, So when I did that, I started to research. And I also found out that, of course, I saw another Canadian hero, Richard Pierpoint. um, And it did talk about him going through the Georgian Bay and how his colored corpse helped to build that very same church. And I was like, this is really interesting. And so I started to research more and I connected the two. And then I came up with this, well, masterpiece maybe to me. (laughs) I learned a lot, like a lot of things that I did not even know about Barry and the history. And so in the play you'll see like I, I like to show the journeys. So I like to show where things came from. Like when I watch things, I always wanna know the background as well. So I I actually you start the I start the playoff in like going from Africa to America then through all the way to Canada which of course is like almost like the freedom land right so yeah
1: so it kind of covers
3: like his whole journey yes it does it does it's
1: kind of cool when you think about this like I mean we just talk about like common threads that everything has like a thread that connects you so it was like a thread with this church your Mm -hmm. husband and then it just kind
3: of trickled down years later exactly so even when when I when when I was approached about that I I thought because I always look for signs and I'm like that's not a coincidence that he showed me that. It's not a coincidence that they came in to hold me about that. And then it's not a coincidence that, uh, like, I, I wanted to make history interesting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, and I know that it's, like, the darker side of history. And I, I promised myself I would never write about that stuff. Because I don't know, it's just me. I like, you know, the happy, you know, there's always some conflict, but it's never dark. Right. So I thought to myself, I was like, how can I make this beautiful? you know it wasn't necessarily a happy story but i know that they weren't glued dark and gloom all the time so there was some happy moments and and i i you know you always think of the best that you try to create the best out of every situation mm-hmm. so um, that's kind of what i did um So I, I, you know, and I also wanted to make it appealing to people who don't, like people like me that don't, I'm not fascinated with history. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I see a historical play, I'm like, you know, (laughs) but I was like, no, Alinka, you can do this. Let's just make this so everybody wants to see it. People who love history and people who don't love history. This will appeal to everybody. Yeah. Amazing. And I think it worked because when we did it the first time, it was, it was pretty good. When was the first time Um, you did it? That was in 2022, but that was during like COVID still, like Mm -hmm. People were, they had to be vaccinated to go in to the theater and they had mass. So, I mean, now, like, you know, it's people are more open to coming out to the theater, so. All I right. thought it was a great time to do it.
1: There's probably a lot of people that are not familiar with um, Richard. Mm-hmm. How do you say? Poy- Richard Pierpoint. Oh, Pierpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not the, I just saw the Heritage Minute today. Uh, oh, did you? <laughs> I did. I watched it. Yeah. And was like, okay. <laughs> um, so if people aren't familiar with him, like he was really instrumental in like mm-hmm. um, he, somehow, you know, he, he was given his freedom, but he went and he like, you know, fought. And it was the War of 1812.
3: Exactly. Correct? The War of 1812, yeah. too. And then when he came here, um, of course, he he helped to build, like, a lot of communities all over, mm-hmm. right? Um, he also traveled a bit, and he would tell his stories all the time to children. And and he was kind of like a celebrity in his community, a celebrity everywhere. Everyone knew about him. So he was like a yeah. local celebrity, but he's also a hero that people don't know about. Yeah. So, yeah. And we should. I, yeah, and we definitely should. And then, of course, through, from the War of 1812, then, of course, he also um, created a militia, Uh, You know what a militia is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what a militia was (laughs) before this. So, yeah, so he created a militia as well, which, I mean, he wanted to lead, but he didn't end up leading it. That was his goal, but he didn't end up leading it, but at least he created them. And they were called the
1: Color Corps. And that's like a whole other element of history, too, it right? It is. It is. Yeah. Because
3: they also, the biggest thing, the biggest part that I thought was really cool is that they helped to build that church. And they said that you can still see the fingerprints in the walls. I don't know how, like, I didn't get to inspect it inside right now, but um, I, I'm pretty sure it's still there. That's what they... That's what was said. It so we amazing. got this
1: coming up in a couple of weeks, the 23rd and 24th.
3: Yep. The all 23rd, right. 24th. So the 23rd, a 7 p.m. show at the Georgian Theatre. And then the 24th, there's a 2 p.m. show and a 7 p.m. show. And how can people get tickets? They can go on to ticketpro.ca and they can even just click Ontario and then they can just search Lost Heroes of Oro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or also it's all over social media. When you click the link, it goes directly to the ticket.
0: A lot of attention lately on stolen vehicles the numbers on the rise the costs on the rise and maybe going higher in terms of insurance rates CAA's director of government relations Elliot Silverstein concerned about this he made some time for Barry 360's Will Conkin
4: I saw in the release by CAA that uh, vehicle theft exceeded $1.2 billion in claims in 2022. Uh, It's becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Um, What are your thoughts and and what is CAA trying to do with this call to action?
5: So really, I mean, we've seen this challenge happening over the last couple of years. It's really been growing and, you know, more than anything, we want to try and, and turn the page on this conversation. You know, we've seen these bad experiences. we need need to see everybody at the table. We want to have everybody not only coming to the table, but working together. Because to solve this issue, it's going to require multiple efforts from multiple areas. So, you know, we've seen law enforcement coming to the table. We've seen insurers. We've seen, uh, you know, governments coming together. But we all have to kind of work towards that that common goal, because it is becoming very challenging. Um, You know, it's very traumatic for those who go through the situation. But we want to also keep because we're seeing the the tactics getting more and more brazen, We're seeing these quick um, access to vehicles, but then when they can't get access to vehicles, we're also hearing about break-ins into homes. And that's when, you know, again, personal safety becomes a challenge. We want to try and avoid these from being the norm.
4: Exactly right. It seems like it's not just, I got my car stolen. It it can impact a person getting to and from work or if they use the vehicle for work, groceries, driving their kids. Um, It seems like there's a larger scope
5: of its impact. Absolutely. and I mean, it doesn't matter what, what type of car and what your model of your car is. If you lose your car, you know, through theft, I mean, it is a huge impact. It could affect your way of actually being able to, to put food on the table for your family. So it has a huge impact. But on top of that... One of the hidden costs that people don't necessarily think about is that if you have to get a new car, you end up in a situation where you're going to be paying more for the value of a car than you may have a few years back. But also, if you're, you're financing it and you're, and you're, you're buying a car, um, you know interest rates are higher than where they were a few years ago. So all these extra costs, it's not a matter of just simply, I get money for, for the fact that my car is stolen. There's additional costs that you may need to weigh in, and, and those are impacts as well outside of any conversations around insurance or otherwise. Just the, the market itself with inflation has played an impact.
4: And then from the angle of insurance companies, how is it affecting them?
5: So there's a couple of things that, that are happening. I think we've seen in the past year a number of insurance companies have really concentrated on the most frequently stolen vehicle and tried to address that by having different types of anti-theft deterrents uh, put into the vehicle uh, to, try, to try and impact that. And, and, and that's, a, that's an important step because it's focusing on the ones that are most at risk. Um, you know, from CAA's perspective, we have really tried to talk about you know, visual deterrence, um, things like the, the club, the, uh, the steering wheel locks, but also about education and awareness because that is so important in this conversation because many people are not sure necessarily what they can do to protect themselves. And, and simple things like even just making sure your doors are locked, keeping your keys away from the front door of your house, or, or, or putting your car in a garage if you have access to one, all those serve as excellent deterrence to help reduce the risk.
4: And I think you had uh, touched on it earlier, and uh, even in Barrie here, we've heard of reports of people having maybe like both sets of their uh, key fobs in their home and still uh, the vehicle gets stolen. Um, like you said, uh, technology just keeps advancing, and it seems like seems like thieves are coming up with new ways to steal a vehicle.
5: And, and that's part of the challenge, is that the, the, the thieves now are very sophisticated. It's not a matter of breaking into the car and, and trying to wire it to go. It's a matter of using technology because, again, in Canada, the last time vehicle standards were updated was 2007. So, if we look back 17 years ago, we didn't have access to to the smartphones and the tablets that we have today, and those very technologies are what's being used to get access to our to our cars. So, you know, we want to try and not trade off convenience. Uh, but We want to make sure the vehicles are safer. And that's, where, that's why I say it really is a combined approach in this respect, because we need to make sure that at the end of the day that our cars are But the manufacturers at the table, border services at the table, um, to make sure the vehicles don't disappear to other countries. We all have to do our part. It's going to be a combined effort to make this happen.
0: this is what barry's talking about from barry 360 i'm dan blakely joined by deb james from the barry women and children's shelter unfortunate that we have to have one of these shelters but fortunate that we do have one it is a busy
6: busy place oh my goodness um we we talk about that a lot actually that we've been around for over 40 years and it would just be so wonderful if we could get up one day and say hey we don't need to be here yeah. anymore you know violence against women and kids it's gone away we we work ourselves out of a job uh, but but sadly that's just not the case we are a twenty-seven bed facility and and um it's actually more like thirty to thirty-five on any given day. So we are we are busy. We are filled to the rafters and then on top of it we have a couple of um you know, transitional housing facilities. So women who still access our supports and the outreach and and we're still working with them we move them to to second stage and they're comfortable we've got single family um, dwelling you know single women can share it and then we have a, a duplex we just got that this last fall and and families can move in there so we can keep the beds open so if an emergency and a woman really needs help tonight and very we can help her out
0: you you say 27 30 beds that makes it sound like uh, well that must not be that big a problem but that's a night extrapolate that over mm-hmm. the course of a year how many people are are seeking help
6: um 15 to 1800 wow. um and there there's definitely well over a thousand phone calls coming to our 24-hour line um but it's it it's it's we're always full there's never a night that we don't have women and children in that shelter and sometimes like we're getting so many phone calls that we have to you know, we have to call around. We'll never see a woman stuck if somebody truly uh, needs our help tonight. But we can't help you. We're full. Um, we don't want to put you in a broom closet, but we'll we'll start calling around. And we work with Barry Police Services uh, in a lot of instances. It might even be a motel tonight. We don't know. But we'll call around to other shelters. So quite often it could be Aurelia. We could send somebody to Midland. could be Toronto. We've even done that. But if a woman... Uh, her support is here, her family, or she's got somebody, because that's really important with the healing and, and the journey of, of, of trying to get through that kind of trauma. You need your support system. So if we can't do it tonight, we'll work really hard and we'll bring her back when we have the room. Take
0: us through this then. So the, the, the shelter is meant as a stopgap while you mm. find something else. So how many days or nights mm. do, do you have people in there before you're able to find something a little more permanent, I guess, for them?
6: So what's kind of interesting is that traditionally uh, it's eight eight to ten weeks, and it was it's always that and and it still is the standard in any shelter across Canada. But what's happened in the pandemic, we saw a rise in in domestic violence, and that's never really it's um, never really leveled off or it, it's it's been pretty much the same. So the stays started becoming longer and longer and what we're seeing now is sometimes three to six months but that in barry in Simcoe county is directly related to lack of affordable housing and that's why we jumped into the the second stage housing gig because we we part of our mandate is to help women and kids um with with everything they need to to you know on that journey of healing but part of that is finding them safe and affordable housing yeah. And it's temporary, but we 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 there was such a need, such an urgency, such a deficit of there's just no housing in Barrie. So we we ha- we had to kind of go down that road. Funding is an issue. You get some, but it's not nearly enough. Is no, it? we uh, we get government funding. It's attached to every single bed, and it's about sixty percent of uh, what we would need to operate the the shelter. You know, and that's and that's everything. You know, everything a woman and, and her kids would need, like quite often they show up and they've got nothing. So, you know, they get a pair of pajamas when they come through the door, but every toothbrush and and the shampoos and the conditioners, feminine hygiene products, everything that, you know, if you've got women in your your life, you've got kids, you got, you know, daughters, you know, think about what it's costing to, you know, keep them in, you know, day-to-day toiletries or anything. And that's what we provide. Not to mention the food. Don't mm-hmm. even get me started about the food. Our, <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, this is this is. I appreciate you know everybody that that uh, donates to us in, in this climate because everything's gone up for everybody, and and uh, we're the same way. Our, our grocery bill went up to about eight or nine hundred dollars a week right now. Wow. And you know, just to keep the lights on and all that day to day stuff. So that, that there is government money there. We're so appreciative of that, but it's only about sixty percent. So the rest, then that's where I come in. I'm community development manager. So we talk to great local businesses, great partners, and and we come up with um, creative ways to fundraise. We come up with... You know, um, third-party events. Quite often, a business will want to to do something, and and even do a drive. We we're so appreciative of businesses and groups that will do. Sometimes it's a toilet paper drive, and we get like a truckload of toilet paper, but we're gonna use it. Yeah, it's not gonna go it anywhere. It's gonna come go in We need it. So we there's so many ways that our community has come to the table and and to help us. And then of course donations. We love the money, 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 money. Uh, and then there's some grants and, and some, some of that involved with, with what I do as well. So it's, uh, it's $400,000, $450,000 a year I have to make up.
0: You're getting help from local businesses, which is great. Individuals can help as well. Oh, yes. Uh, cash donations, uh, food donations, mm-hmm. toiletry donations. Oh, yes. How do they go about doing that?
6: Um, you can just go to the website, com and, and all the information is there. You can reach out to me directly, deb at barryshelter.com. Uh, Katie uh, Fatherby is is uh, in community development as well. She specifically deals with the third-party events and the donation drives and, and things as well, and her contact is on the website as well. But... Best best bet, just, you know, even if you've got an idea, I just tell people, it's like, oh, what about uh, thinking about this? I was thinking about just call and let's talk and we'll have a coffee and, and let's uh, see if we can come up with a way to, to fundraise together and, and um, help us. But bring some, you know, bring some a nice spotlight to your business as well.
0: You have a couple of special events coming up tied in with International Women's Day, which are going to help the shelter as well. Talk about those.
6: Sure. So IWD, International Women's Day, is March the 8th. Every single year, uh, I know some events or some places you know, have it a little bit before, a little bit after. We try to stay true, uh, being the feminist organization that we are. We try to keep it right on March the 8th every single year. And it's a Friday this year, party, 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 uh, which, is, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> so we start the day with our uh, Women's Empowerment Luncheon and uh, this is something that's just grown over the last few years. It started just before COVID and of course COVID kind of kiboshed it a little bit, but last year uh, everybody was just so thrilled to be together, to be present, to be in person and uh, able to enjoy the event, so um, I know that we're going to be able to to grow it this year and and see even more people. It's uh, it's March the 8th. It's a Barry Chrysler. This is kind of cool. Christy Fines is talk about great community partners. Christy is a wonderful. Uh, woman, And she gives us her, uh, you know, showroom at Barry Chrysler every single year. So they take the cars out. And um, as you know, that building used to be a hotel. Mm-hmm. And so that actually was the ballroom once upon a time. So it's a big, beautiful, open, bright uh, venue. And we fill it up. We've got vendors uh, coming in. Uh, we've got a raffles and silent auction, uh, including A couple of tickets for the Leafs. So we've got all of that going on. By the way, we still need vendors. And if anybody wants to, just reach out to me and uh, we'll talk. I'd love to get a few more um, great local businesses in there. Uh, We have lunch, a catered lunch uh, coming for us that day, including uh, this was so popular last year. We had to bring it back because everybody was talking about it. It was an eight-foot charcuterie board. So just kind of pony up, mm-hmm. put your big girl pants on, you know, <laughs> with elastic waistband, and um, and enjoy yourself. So we've got that. So great eats, wonderful food, and then our speaker. We're just thrilled this year uh, to have Brandy Ference joining us, and she is a dynamic speaker. She um, is the owner and CEO of Fair Trades Toolbox. Uh, so she's an HVAC Um, gas fitter journey person, Uh, and she runs her own business, but she is just such an amazing voice for women to get into the skilled trades. You know, this is What's out there? This is what you could be doing. You know, we need more women. We need more women. And she's just such a wonderful voice for all of that. She's a, an instructor for HVAC at Georgian College. So we're just thrilled that she's going to be speaking and sharing her story and and uh, revving up the gals that day for <laughs> International Women's Day. We, we throw so much at the, the lunch that sometimes we forget. But the but the rally, the International Women's Day rally is the original um, you know the event, and that's that's a throwback to the '70s and the women's marches, and and uh, it's just such a, a, a wonderful time. So come after work. It's right at five o'clock. We'll we'll head right out. We've got the the Rock ninety five boombox will be our beacon in the night, and um, we're gonna head out. And it's just straight across Collier down to Bayfield. We just do the block around and then come on back. So and there's an accessible route as well. So if, if it's a shorter route, if you want to to take that, that's all. It's just most important that you come. And and it, this one is the the luncheon's more for women, I would say. But um, the the rally is for everybody. And I I like to say, if you've got a woman in your life, mom, your sister, your daughter, uh, and you care about them and you love them, this is a march to show uh, how much you care about the women in your life. And uh, and let's take to the streets and all march safely. And, you know, it's about togetherness and a sisterhood. And it's just a, a night of 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 fun and freedom and and celebration and it's for everybody so we hope everybody joins us at barry, barry city hall at around five if memory serves there is a lot of male support for this exactly and that's what we love to see
0: tickets for the luncheon how do we get our hands on them
6: Oh, okay they're 75 but as you heard it's a fun-filled afternoon uh go to eventbrite and you can go to our website, so um, com, and just click through there, and you can get your tickets. But it, they're going fast, and uh, we sold out last year, and I expect that we'll probably sell, uh, we'll see a full house of around 150 or so. So hurry, hurry, hurry. No,
0: don't waste time. It's yeah. a month away, but your, your time is getting short. Deb James, thank you so much for dropping thank you. by. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry and Simcoe County have to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. Been a tough year on the road for the Barry Colts. Wins have been few and far between, but they're back from a weekend swing in the U.S. that went pretty well. We get an update from Colts writer and broadcaster Gene Pereira and our Will Konkin.
4: Gene, the Young Bucks are showing their stuff. Colts uh, started off their road trip with a win, 4-2 over the Flint Firebirds. Uh, then they lost a heartbreaker in overtime, 4-3 to the Saginaw Spirit, but then wrapped up things with a nice uh, 6-3 victory against the Erie Otters. Uh, there was some good play from the special lead teams during the stretch and head coach Marty Williamson. He was also praising uh, his netminders as well. Um, Gene, uh, t- tell us what you thought of the stretch.
7: Well, you know, I mean, this is a team that you know had lost 12 in a row and had one since November 10th on the road, and you know you go out and your uh, that weekend U.S. trip uh, heading to Flint on Friday night, Saginaw Saturday, and then you Monday, and uh, you know it just uh, it just turned out to be a fantastic trip for the Barry Colts. I mean, just much you know better play, improved play, and the power play and penalty kill team units were were a big part of that. You start Friday night in Flint where the uh, got a tie game late in that, in that contest in the third period. Uh, Flint gets a power play and the penalty kill, which was last in the Ontario High League, comes up with a huge penalty kill. And then the power play gets a chance and Cole Baldwin scores what proves to be the winner um, in a 4-2 win. So, I mean, uh, which gives Barry, you know, snaps that 12-game losing streak on the road. Uh, you know, and then Barry follows that up with a, a tough test against the Saginaw Spirit, the Memorial Cup hosts. You know, again they're down two nothing there, and uh, the third, you know, get a late goal in the second period, and then the third period, two power play goals puts them on top, and you know a bit of a heartbreak there. They get some run into a bit of penalty trouble, uh, and uh, end up losing that one in overtime. But uh, on Monday they bounce back against the yeah, the Erie Otters, get out to a two nothing lead, and. Uh, You know, again, a shorthanded marker by Weigel on a beautiful play by Bodwin, who kind of ran over the player at center ice and stole the puck off him and and flipped it up to Weigel, who walked in and scored. And, uh, you know, again, specialty teams were kind of like the thread through the success on the road. And uh, it just goes to show you what a difference they can make in hockey games.
4: Um, Head coach Marty Williamson had uh, mentioned it. he was talking about uh, the young guys are uh, feeling a bit of a mojo, uh, getting their mojo through this uh, little stretch. Um, They picked up five out of a possible six points during it. Uh, They're holding on to that eighth spot, and uh, Williamson said it, uh, yeah, hey, uh, if they can get into the playoffs, they can show off that mojo, maybe give a a top seed a a bit of pressure. Uh, What what do you think about that?
7: Yeah, you know, know, talking to Marty, you know, at, at the trade deadline, you know, what happens? You end up moving some veteran players, and, you know, what's left? I mean, that's your team. And I think in a, way, a lot of ways it brings together teams, and Marty Williamson talked about that, where, you know, kind of once the dust settles, okay, like this is our group, and, you know, we got to go forward. And uh, I think it's done this with this young hockey club. I mean, they've played well at home, but now they're playing well on the road, and, you know, you get that combination. I mean, uh, you know, they're going to push some teams, and they're pushing here. I mean, they've already got within striking distance of the Kingston Frontenacs, and, uh, you know, a lot of that here is if they can get some success on the road, they're going to start, you know, they're going to push for that seventh spot. And, uh, uh, you know, again, I, there's a good feeling with right now, Marty said, said, in the room, and I think as well, you know, uh, Will, you see some of these young guys who are getting bigger roles and they're taking advantage. And, uh, you know, it's fun to see. And we talked about the goaltending. And, you know, you got Hillebrandt, uh, a rookie netminder. Uh, you know, and then you got Ben West, an overage netminder, who is kind of one of those guys. Just a great story to see Ben and his success. He was outstanding last night in here with 38 saves uh, in, in a 6-3 win. And, uh, you know, the two have just been, you know, provided really good goaltending. This is a team that had Anson Thornton. He ends up staying in the pro ranks, and you wonder what he got for your goaltending. And What you got is two goaltenders, very capable, and, uh, you know, they've kind of both shown that here. And you need that behind a young hockey club, and, uh, you know, they've provided an outstanding goaltending, and it's a big part of their success here uh, through this week.
4: Up next, uh, Mississauga on the road Friday. Then the Colts host Kingston on Saturday at uh, Sadlin. Um, Williamson had mentioned it to you. Um, two big games against these clubs. Uh, they're right above Barry.
7: Yeah, you know Mississauga, they've had some success, and it's always that you know that rivalry, and uh, uh, you know again, it's it's a big game uh, for Barry. Uh, uh, you know they want to continue uh the, the this little uh, success that they've had on the road and get that good feeling and get it going into Saturday, which turns out to be a big kind of huge four point swing type of hockey game against the front next club that they've gotten within two points, uh you know, so there's an opportunity here for Barry maybe by the end of the weekend, uh, to actually move ahead of Kingston. But, you know, again, I mean that's where you're gonna make up ground is against the teams that you're trying to pass from to play them head to head and you know, for Barry, uh, it's, I think, you know, as well, too, for this young hockey club, you know, a lot of talk about them being a rebuilding team. But, you know, these guys, they're saying kind of hang on a minute here. You know, we, we, we want to make the playoffs. We want to make some noise. And, uh, you know, here's their chance to get involved in big hockey games. And at the end of the day, uh, for a lot of these young players, playing in these kind of more important games, playing more important shifts, you know, that's going to be a huge part of their growth and is going to help them
4: uh, into the future. Let's keep the mojo rolling. Uh, Always a pleasure. Have a good one, Gene. Thanks, Will.
0: What if you could get a brick of ice cream for 99 cents? Maybe you can. Been a year or so since we spoke with coupon queen Pat Hollett at Canadian Savings Group. She had some great advice then about how to save money on groceries and other items and has more now as the cost of shopping continues to rise. Here again is Barry 360's MJ.
1: We spoke um, about a year ago and you gave us some some really helpful tips and, you know, lots of people are joining the group um, and, you know, thinking like, how can I save this cash? Um, in that time, has it, has it gotten trickier for people to use the, the tricks that you have?
8: Yes, yes. Um, during COVID, there wasn't a lot of paper coupons, which made it harder for people. Uh, they they stopped using paper, as you know. Like went to a lot of interact transactions and everything like that, and things really did change a lot. And the prices went up like crazy because um, they didn't have the staff, you know, to make a lot of things. And so the suppliers were raising prices. So, like even a pound of butter, which was like two ninety nine three years ago, it's now like you can get it for eight dollars in some stores if they're really you know gouging you, but things changed really drastically over COVID and it hasn't really gone back to pre-COVID prices yet.
1: Yeah. And even with um, coupons, I'm noticing it it is actually harder. um, I'm not saying impossible, but it is harder to actually get the paper coupons that used to be so easily accessible. And now you got to have a printer and you got to really look for them. You
8: know what? A printer will pay for itself. Like, There's a Chapman's coupon that's $3 off ice cream, and that ice cream goes on sale for $3 or $3.99 all the time. And if you can print those coupons, you're paying $0.99 for ice cream, which is great. I mean, everybody loves ice cream, right? Yes. Um, This week, uh, one of the the beer companies put out some coupons for, like, canned tomatoes and pogos, and there are a lot of good coupons coming out this year, which is great, like some for cold cuts, some. I can't think of them all. There's just so many. Cheese, lots of cheese coupons. Um, they're really starting to come back with the coupons and it makes it it does make your prices a lot lower. Like you get a you know, the sliced cheese, the good stuff, for like two fifty a package instead of paying five ninety nine. So yeah, you're looking at half price and, and even more. And then, if you can if you can join the group and if you have a printer, you can print the coupons, you can really do some big savings, you know?
1: And that's kind of what your group teaches, and then it teaches you how to, not just coupons, but other ways to save as well.
8: Yes, yes. Um, There are lots of ways. Um, You can um, price match. I prefer to shop at No Frills because they are the lowest price. We've done comparisons of all the stores. No Frills is the lowest price. They accept coupons, and they price match, which is a great store to shop at because you'll get low prices, and you'll get all those benefits of, coupons and, and price matching and everything else, um, collect PC points because no frills collects, uh, you can collect PC points at no frills as well. And you can rack up a lot of points. I rack mine up all year and then save them for Christmas. And then I've got, you know, up to $1,000 to spend at Christmas from my points.
1: Some people might say, well, it's too time consuming and, and, and stuff like that, but it really is it, it to get the really, really, really good deals. Um, you got to put some work in, but it's worth it.
8: Yes, there is some time involved. You have to collect the coupons or print the coupons. You're going to spend a couple hours a week doing that kind of, those kind of tasks in order to, and plan your shop and to be able to save that money. But you know what? If you're just sitting around watching TV, spend a couple of hours planning your shop. And we also have something new in our group that we started a couple months ago called a meal plan, where we choose five meals from the no-froze flyer, and we make them under $50 for a family of four. Uh, five dinner meals, and that helps people budget and um, gives them ideas for meals, too, you know? hmm
1: for sure. Yeah. And in addition to, like, food-saving costs, um, in your message to me, you also had um, a couple of other ideas. There's, I mean, you can save some money on food, which is the biggest expense right now for people, but um, what are other ways that people can, especially around right now, we're hearing that things are going up even more, if that's possible, right. how can You're people right. save You're, a few bucks? Yeah.
8: You're right. You're hitting on all the key points that people are concerned about, and people are living paycheck to paycheck, and it's really awful, and and that's why we have a lot of homeless people. But um, savings can be found in all areas of our household, including grocery, insurance, telecommunications, including cell phones and internet, household items, clothing, prescriptions, utilities. Um, just about everything you can find savings in, and we try and touch on a lot of those things and tell you how to save for those places, you know. Um, there is another group called Best Deals in Canada. It's run by a lady named Morgan McGivern, and she finds grocery and household products for up to 80% off. And I actually shop there for some of my non-perishable goods because I can get deals that are I won't get in the store. They're like amazing deals. I actually got a, you know, one of those handheld massage guns Mm -hmm. for free. Oh. I got, yeah, I know. I got bedding for like, you know, bedspread, three-piece bedding set for like 20 bucks. And it's beautiful quality. And I wouldn't get that in the store. So, yeah, I shop there as well. I try and shop where I'm going to get the best bang for my buck.
1: And when it's talking about like telecommunications and things, you mean like calling around to each of them and kind of shopping them against each other?
8: Yeah, you insurance and telecommunications. You can you can um, fight one off against the other. And I mean, call one and say I'm getting this price, and, and then when they give you a price, go back to the other one and say, well, they've given me this rate, and they will they will go down. I've done that a number of times, and I've gotten some good rates by doing that. I actually just got a big a big drop in my insurance by shopping around. I was paying almost four hundred dollars for our house and our cars and now we're down to less than $200. It takes time, you've got to do a little bit of work, but it's worth it because those are long-term savings, you know, you're gonna save them all the way through. Save where you can, maximize your savings, look at all your utilities, look at where you can cut back, use your, use your um, appliances only in the off-peak hours, you know, lots of things to save.
0: We took the Barry 360 microphone on the road this past week to meet Amanda Bezarowich at the Unique Minds Academy on Cedar Point Drive in Barry, a special school for some special and some pretty remarkable students. It's called the Unique Minds Academy. Unique is uh, the operative word. Uh, there are probably a dozen other words, but this one comes pretty close to what you're doing here. That's right. What is it you're doing here because it's a very special place?
2: Absolutely, so we are a neurodiverse private school for children with various developmental or neurological needs ranging from ADHD to autism to uh, brain injury to apraxia, Tourette's, anxiety and mental health.
0: Was there any place for these kids before now?
2: Absolutely not. We're actually the first school of our kind in Ontario.
0: What isn't unique is the way you have things set up. It's, it's very familiar to anybody else who has their kids in any other kind of school.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And we try to keep it really cohesive with the regular school system where the kids do transition to the computer lab, they transition to the library, they go to gym, they go for recess, they have their snack times. So they're constantly able to rotate throughout an environment uh, where they're still getting the stimulation that they would get in a regular school, just in a much more secured setting, a much more uh, lower ratio setting and a higher teacher concentration in the classrooms.
0: We did a walk through before we sat down here and uh, there were hugs and smiles and high fives. It was just an incredible experience
2: their happiness is everything and that is really the forefront of what we do is bringing them in making them happy making them comfortable and i think as a parent and being a parent myself of three children you know at the end of the day if they are coming home happy that they've had a successful day um and then they're happy as they learn they're happy as they transition and evidently you see that as you guys just walk walk through here
0: parents must be happy that they have this available to them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our doors doors are being knocked down with uh, referrals and calls and cold calls and people seeing us from the highway, hearing our ads. Um, And so it's been really, really great. Uh, The one piece about this is that we make sure that the student is going to excel in this program. So that's really a big component of what we do. We make sure that this school is going to be the right fit for the family and the child, which is why we do such an intense intake process when it comes to every single child that uh, myself and the school head are fully immersed in.
0: It's not just classrooms, you have some some specialty areas as well to, to help these youngsters.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we still have our gym with our massive rock climbing wall. Uh, we have a very large outdoor space. We have an art and music room. Um, We have our library and our computer lab. So all of the kids are still experiencing all of those subjects while attending here, as well as a very open and large play area where those skills are still being fostered right up until grade eight.
0: And there's some extra care rooms as well for, for those who need.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we offer before and after care program as well for students that need it, starting at 6.45 in the morning and going until 6 p.m. at night, as we do have a lot of families that do come in from out of town um, and travel over an hour and a half to get here each way. Um, and then we also have OHIP-funded services for speech and language and occupational therapy. And then we have private and exclusive occupational therapists and speech therapists that work with us and our nursing team.
0: How many students and, and uh, do you have room for more?
2: Yeah, so we already have 51 students right now and we have the capacity to be able to service 90 students in our space so we're just just a little bit over half right now but with September around the corner our trials have been in full force and we have been having quite the lineup at the door for different kids to come in and trial so again fit is very very important when it comes to this program um, we want to make sure that the class is, is the right fit um, and I can't stress that enough for the parents that want to come in everything has to fit together.
0: Talk about that a little little bit more the fit. What is it that you're looking for there?
2: So we are looking for children that can't succeed in the regular classroom setting. They've tried, they've been there, and it hasn't been successful. And in our regular school system, um, there's up to 28 to 32 kids in a classroom, and it's no fault of the teachers, it's no fault of the schools. It's unfortunately a, a provincial and a government issue. It doesn't fall back on the school board, it doesn't fall back on the teachers, but the kids just aren't successful. But the teachers are, themselves are not being provided the support that they need, based on financial budgets from the provincial government. So that is truly, truly the heart of what's going on in here. So to come in here, we want kids that have tried, have been there, um, and are maybe just the silent ones that are just slipping through the cracks. You know, there is so much that goes on in school, right from bullying to not being heard to not learning. Um, So really being able to bring them in and have them in an environment that's going to foster them from all levels.
0: And that's the great thing. If, if, you, if they're in a regular school, you get that bullying aspect because they're different. Absolutely. Here, they're not different to each other.
2: No, and that's what I always say. When you come in here, you have found your people. The parents that are here, the kids that are here, are here because they want to be here, not for anything else.
0: Are there any other academies like this?
2: No, there's nothing else like this um, in the province. So provincially, again, we are privately funded. Um, So when parents are coming here, they are coming here because they want their child here. We don't receive government grants. Nobody's able to reroute their taxes to us. Nobody's able to apply for grants to get their child to come here through the provincial government. Everything that we do is funded privately through uh, myself or through the families that are choosing to come here.
0: If parents are accessing autism funding, how does that work?
2: So parents can access us through their access OAP and core clinical funding. So this program is overseen as well by a clinical psychologist as well as a team of board certified behavior analysis. So therefore, families are able to use their core clinical funding within our program as well.
0: You have a website. We'll, we'll give people the, the parameters for that in a second, but uh, and you can get a lot of information from there, but they really need to come in and see what's happening.
2: Absolutely. I think seeing it online is one thing, but seeing it in person, being, being a part of this, feeling it. And I will always do tours during operating hours because I always say parents need to see this. They need to feel it. They need to be a part of the day to be able to understand what it is that we offer.
0: Let's talk about feedback from the parents. You're, you're, you're early into this, but uh, I'm sure they've had a lot to tell you.
2: Absolutely, and the parents coming through. We're hosting our first parent open house night coming up. The parents just walking through the front door instantly say what a beautiful place and as i answer the door i often will grab parents and just bring them through um, to see firsthand sort of what their kiddos are doing what the space looks like and again parents are here because they want to be here they're not forced to be here they have seen the graduation of our programs the graduation of what we've been able to offer for our students and my heart and soul is here and i think that that's something that parents really feel as well but it's very 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 exciting for them And a sense of relief probably to be able to have a spot for their children to go because as a parent, that's always your number one concern.
0: Where's the website and uh, give us a phone number for people who uh, want to find out more.
2: Absolutely, our website is www.uniquemindsacademy.ca. And on there, you will find a direct link to my phone number, which is 705-309-6710.
0: And that's our program for this week. Thanks to MJ and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for his technical touch, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on ExitBarry360, on our website, barry360.com, and there's our daily Kickstart podcast, available from any streaming service and on our website. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.